0: Hello and welcome back to the Flying Green Sports Podcast. We are your hosts, Michael Nania and Brian Nebel. And what a day for our first week! What week a day! Podcasts on, on Flying Green Sports. Both the Jets and the Eagles are victorious. The Jets with a blowout win over the Bears, thirty-one to ten. And Mike White's first start, and then the Eagles on Sunday Night Football take care of business against the Packers and they get their 10th win of the season. So both of our teams are climbing upwards as
1: we come on today. That was a a big shootout game down there in Philly. that I absolutely did not expect. I think I said like 23-13. It was 20-20 at halftime, so absolutely way off. Blew out my expectations of what the Packers would do on offense. And Jets took care of business just like we all thought. No Justin Fields definitely helped, but – Jets offense looked electric with the legend of Mike White continuing.
0: Yes. Yeah, I mean, and it was interesting before the game, you mentioned Justin Fields being out, but I think about 30 minutes before the game, they started to say that Nathan Peterman was going to be playing.
1: Yeah, because what I thought.
0: Uh, Simeon apparently uh, hurt his oblique during the warm-ups. And I was like, okay, now this is a full-on blowout <laughs> we're going to see here. But then they're like, wait a minute, no, Simeon's going to play. And they didn't even know before... As they had the when they came out with their first offensive drive, the announcers didn't even know until someone came out on the field who it was going to be, and it was Simeon. And you know, this game actually didn't start out too great for the Jets. I mean, the opening offensive drive was amazing. Mike White marches him right down the field, he looks sharp. Um, and from there, he knew it was going to be a good offensive day, but the defense didn't start out too great. The Bears scored on their first two drives, they got a field goal and then a touchdown, and they were up 10 to seven. And it was like, you know, we finally got the quarterback playing well. The offense is clicking. Now the defense, the defense. is going to shut down against Trevor is, Simeon.
1: Defense We're, has been the big part. Yeah, the defense
0: has been, been the driving force of the whole year. But uh, they cleaned it up pretty quickly, and they forced a few three-and-outs after that, and the Bears never scored again. So, so, yeah, I mean, coming to this game, that's kind of the way I was looking at it, to where um, considering the quality of the opponent and the injuries they had, especially a quarterback, I want to see... You know, a reassuring blowout win, you know, because like winning Mm -hmm. close would be like, you know, you want to win no matter what, but a little
1: unsettling,
0: it'd be unsettling with the Vikings coming up, the bills, you still got the Seahawks, Dolphins, there's some tough games in the schedule, so easy schedule, you want to, when you play the worst teams, you want to look significantly ahead of them, and that's Mm -hmm. what they ended up doing in this one, so uh, I think they definitely accomplished what I was hoping to see from them, so how about your Eagles, do you think they, obviously getting the win was expected at home, but yeah, in terms of how it played out, do you think they checked some of the boxes you wanted to see
1: yeah i just got one more thing on this jets games you said yeah. trevor simeon might not have played i'm just sitting here thinking if nathan peterman started who's the backup quarterback for the bears they wouldn't have it's, had one i don't know yeah, who it was would it have been some random fields was inactive
0: so i mean who on this roster looks like quarterback? Played
1: quarterback in high school maybe maybe claypool he's can stand in the pocket tough 64 yeah, 38 I don't know. Maybe some like third string tight end can throw. But uh back to the Eagles they looked really terrific on their first two drives and really it was just a dominant performance on the on the ground game especially from Jalen Hurts. Uh, I think on the first drive he had two big runs of 24 and 27 yards each and then um Miles Sanders I believe was the one who scored on the first drive either him or Gainwell. Um but all in all, the Eagles' total rushing yards in the game, 363 yards. I can't remember a more dominant performance of a team running the football in recent memory. And I'm just thinking if the Eagles can run the ball, obviously they're not going to run for over 300 yards every game, but if they can, if the O line could play as well as they did and Hurts can do what he did with his, his legs, I don't really know if there's a team in the NFC that could stop them. I mean, but the Packers played really well. The one issue that I believe the Eagles have is. Is some sideline to sideline quickness and speed. There's a few outside tosses uh to AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones, where they just busted off pretty significant runs and tackling still remains a big issue. Um, but they got solid pressure on Aaron Rodgers, who didn't look himself. Obviously, he had a little broken film, I think he had, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. so that's that affects the team a little bit. Um, but it it's weird because it didn't feel like like it was tied at halftime, and the Eagles only won by seven. But it, this was a game where it just didn't feel like the Packers were as close as the score says, if that makes sense. Like it just because yeah. yeah. AJ, AJ Brown had that one costly fumble and they returned it all the way down to like the 15 20 of the Eagles, so a, a couple turnovers right there. Um, but it didn't feel like a seven point victory because the Eagles just Absolutely dominated them. Devontae Smith had a couple of nice catches. A.J. Brown. Quez Watkins scored for the second time in a row this week. Um, But Jalen Hurts looked the part of an MVP and more. I mean, he absolutely lit it up from start to finish. And that's really all you could ask for from the team.
0: I think one sidebar quickly on A.J. Brown. The only disappointing part of his performance, other than the fumble. Well, I guess this is part of it. But he's on your fantasy team. And you needed him. To execute a comeback fantasy news on Sunday here, night, yeah. we got the fantasy update. But you needed him to pull off a comeback. I needed and... him
1: to score, I think, 13 points. Um, yeah,
0: and it was looking really good. I th- think when the third <laughs> quarter was over, he needed 1.2 more points or something like that. Yeah. And he never got it. And so you look back at the fumble and you're like, the fumble, so I in, in, in our league, the fumble was it's worth about two and a Minus, half points you lose.
1: Yeah, no, you lose 0. 0.5 for a fumble. Yeah, and 0.5 is two, two, two for losing. losing it. So, minus so, two and a half. So, I was down. So, that was
0: that knocked you out. And you had you didn't get enough and you lost. But then, 2 a.m., you get the update <laughs> that so you get a stat correction. 2
1: a.m., the Kansas City Chiefs defense gets uh, add, uh, two, three and outs added to their stats and plus two. And I win by like 0. 0.8 points. So, absolutely, how, how are they not getting the stats correctly initially? Uh, I always wonder, like, why is this a thing? I I don't know, but it's. You know, it it was a tough one because I had Travis Etienne uh, starting that one, and he had two carries. And the rest of my team, Justin Herbert, the whole team really performed well. Everyone did their part, and then you just see the point three from Etienne, and then AJ Brown he gets the touchdown, and and then he fumbles, and I'm like, this can't be real, sitting there down by a point, and then the plus <laughs> two from the Kansas City defense. Fantasy football just has a way of just playing with your emotions and. It does, it does. It's, uh, it's just unreal.
0: Things went well for my team. I needed Aaron Jones to have a big Sunday night, and he did it. He did. So I'm, a, he did. I'm on a four-game like said, winning streak. He was,
1: he was running sideline to sideline. Uh, he did drop a, an open pass from Jordan Love, who's speaking on the game. Jordan Love, actually, I don't know if you watched the end of the game, but he actually looked pretty yeah. well for the Packers. Yeah, he did look he good. Was, he was throwing with velocity. He was moving really well in the pocket, and he looked like – an actual competent starter, something the Jets don't have, and Zach Wilson. Uh, nope. No, no chance. But there. But we're in he complete agreement. Really well. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> Jordan Love. I mean, I know he has like one career start under his belt, but he looked good. Uh, Christian Watson, who I spoke about last last uh, podcast, he had a nice like thirty three yard touchdown. And I mean, hold on a second here. For the Eagles, can we give some some love? Uh, to undrafted rookie free agent safety, Reed Blankenship out of middle Tennessee, having to come in because uh CJ Gardner Johnson uh went out of the game early on with an injury to his ribs. And Reed Blankenship in his first game only played two defensive snaps earlier on in the season, picks off one of the best quarterbacks of all time in Aaron Rodgers. And he was flying all over the field, making hard hits. Uh, you got to love the undrafted free agent rookies that are just playing it all around.
0: Yeah, I mean, the Jets had an undrafted rookie to step up and play well in this game. Zonovan Knight, the running back uh, from NC State, he was a surprise activation ahead of this game. The Jets put James Robinson on the inactive list for this game. He was a healthy scratch, no injury or anything. He just was not playing too well the first three games after they trade for him. You know, wasn't getting a lot of yardage after contact. Just didn't seem like he was the James Robinson you expected to get. So yeah. they... um. He was a healthy scratch in this game. Zonovan Knight comes up, more of a home run hitting kind of running back versus James Robinson, more of like a thumper power running back. And uh, they reap the benefits in this first game. I mean, Knight puts up 69 yards on the ground on 14 carries. Nice. And then 34 yards through the air on three catches. So 103 yards from scrimmage. That's the most ever by a Jets rookie in their NFL debut. So he was a spark in his first game. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing more of him throughout the next few weeks because Michael Carter now, his status is up in the air. Uh, He left this game with an ankle injury, so uh, we'll see how that one plays out if he's going to miss any time.
1: That uh, that makes me think, because that's interesting, because literally just like 20 minutes ago, I was sitting here thinking Miles Sanders had probably his best game as an Eagle, uh, ran for 143 yards, almost averaged seven yards a carry, two touchdowns on my fantasy bench, so I didn't reap the benefits of that one. Uh, but he looked terrific. He looked explosive. He was hitting the holes well. But speaking of, like like you said, Zonovan Knight, undrafted rookie free agent, running back, comes in plays well. Uh, Miles Sanders is a free agent after this year, and this is a really good running back draft class. Got guys like B. John Robinson, Jameer Gibbs out of Alabama, Blake Corum. Um, so I'm wondering what the Eagles will do with Miles Sanders there. He hasn't been hurt yet this year, uh, which has been an issue for him in past years. Uh, but, you know, running back is just an expendable position. So it just, it just makes you think when guys that don't even get drafted and they come in and they put up over 100 yards in their first game, it makes you think what a team's yeah. really value in that position.
0: No, it's definitely an interesting discussion, because especially you look at the Jets, and and look, one game is not enough to put them on this guy's level. Yeah. But, you know, Brees Hall had this amazing start of the season, and the Jets have missed him so much. But, you know, like you said, sometimes – an undrafted guy just comes out of nowhere and replicates the same production. So we'll see if Knight can continue to, to do this going forward. Um, you know, consistency is always a big question, but running back definitely has that element to it where, you know, it just seems more replaceable than other positions. So we'll see, we'll see if the Jets can kind of keep it going because, you know, if Carter's out now, now you're down to Knight and Ty Johnson leading this backfield probably. <laughs> and I assume Robinson would... Idea would come Probably back up
1: active,
0: yeah yeah if carter is out but uh, obviously they don't think too highly of him right now or perhaps he's banged up a little bit i know he wasn't actually on the injury report but you know maybe there's some help there because he is just coming back from the major injury he had last year so maybe he's still not 100% back from that but um but yeah the jets offensive line was solid run blocking in this one and um uh, when the offensive line's playing well almost any running back can be successful just, behind it
1: they, uh... One of the offensive lines playing as good as they can. It seems like everything on the offense is yeah is just clicking on all cylinders. Because if you're not getting pressure and you can run the ball for five yards of carry, I mean, there's really no way you're stopping uh, a team unless there's just self-inflicted turnovers. Um, and one more thing on the Eagles game here, um, the Eagles special teams is horrific. I'll just use that word for it. It's it's awful two big returns from the Packers it's been an issue all season but it looked especially bad in this one and that's something where come playoff time come late in the season bad special teams play eventually catches up to you yeah and good teams will find a way to attack that when you're letting them get 30 plus yards on every single return you can't let that happen Jake Elliott also missed an extra point but that's only second of the year so that's not too much of an issue but special teams coverage with Philadelphia is been atrocious all year I think they have like the lowest graded special teams according to PFF which if you watch you can clearly see it
0: and the Jets special teams is interesting because it's been such a roller coaster they've had really good peaks and they've had really low valleys I mean Greg Zerline's had a great year kicking for them he just made a 57 yarder in the rain so and he's had multiple 50 plus yard kicks in this throughout the season he consistently outkicks the other kicker so it's something mm. that's been an advantage and then at punter braden man he's been solid for the most part like his yardage numbers are good the net average and the gross average and all that stuff but there have also been some of these killer mistakes recently i mean obviously patriots game you give up a game-winning punt touchdown but this week against the bears braden man as the holder drops a snap and they can't get is the, that why he kickoff.
1: has a a passing yeah, that's snap? why he has a pass. <laughs> he picked <laughs> I was yeah, no fake or something.
0: No, he dropped the snap, he picked it up, and he flicked it away <laughs> to save the yardage. <laughs> it was almost a huge uh, fumble return, but luckily they called it as a pass. So oh, that was God. that. Granted, it was raining, but I mean still it rarely happens, even in the rain. Um, but in addition to that, um against the Bills a few weeks ago. Man was kicking off and he slipped on the kickoff and it was like a 40-yard <laughs> line.
1: Yeah,
0: And you're like doing the Jets chant. They're like, Jay, oh, what? It's just Brandon interrupted mid-chant. Um, then he's had some shanks this year. Again, overall, his numbers are actually pretty good. In this game, I think he averaged 59 yards over his two punts. Yeah, so he's been good overall one. good, but he has had some shanks. And then in week two against the Browns, he was the special teams player of the week. He had the onside kick. He had a fake punt that he executed. So there's been some up and down with the Jets special teams this year. They, they've they a lot of talent, like uh, Justin Hardy, who's their special teams captain. Um, he's one of those. Was that
1: the receiver from uh, ECU or something like that? Uh, no, he's on the hard. Saints.
0: He's a corner. Uh, well, he's oh, technically a yeah. corner, but he never really plays it. He's just a special teams guy. But he's consistently it's one sports. of the leaders in special teams tackles and downed punts and things like that. So um, hopefully they could stabilize it because, like, the – think... Yeah. Best of the special teams is really good, but they've some mistakes.
1: Yeah, I think that's something the Eagles are missing is an enforcer on special teams. Uh for the past like eight years or so, it always seems like they have one guy. They used to have like Chris Marigos, uh, Brian Brayman, always someone that, you know, really elite special teams players. And this year it, it just doesn't seem like they have that guy. Nakobe Dean made he actually, I think, saved a kickoff by return touchdown yesterday. that was noticeable. I wish he'd get on the field. Um, Talked about it last week. Talked about giving Miles Sanders the ball last week. Maybe they're listening because I said he needs to get more than 10 carries and he gets 21 this game. He had like five on the opening drive, two touchdowns. So maybe they need to listen to me and see what I'm saying. I told them to watch out for Christian Watson. He goes for 110. It's not something you want.
0: Yeah, I think they definitely listened because, I mean, you know, (laughs) there are some things that I've said about, the Jets this year that they kind of listen to, I'm like, you know, maybe you should put Elijah Moore in the slot, and then they do that. So, sometimes they listen. Uh, he I seems think like he
1: be a perfect slot receiver, Elijah yeah, Moore. Yeah,
0: and he, he's been back in the slot. They He started the season outside, but after that slump to start the year, he's been moving back into the slot, and he's looked a lot better. And the production wasn't really there until this game because... Zach Wilson is just terrible. <laughs> Never hit him <laughs> when he was a, open. You heard it um,
1: here first. Clip it, everyone. Mike there you Lainia. go. Yeah, so Zach I mean, Wilson I, is I, terrible.
0: Very vocal about that. I, I mean, seen, I've seen it I, on Twitter. Sauce Gardner liking my anti-Zach <laughs> Wilson film clips.
1: But that's um, just that's such a tough situation because as a franchise, you you draft this guy what two years ago. Yeah, obviously he doesn't need to be perfect right away, but you want to see steady improvement every year and it just seems like it's just not there for him which it reminds me kind of maybe like a josh rosen situation a guy that's drafted high at a college supposedly being pro ready and has all the tools and josh rosen was released what three years from the cardinals it's just Who's it was after his first year
0: right did he make it to second year with the cardinals
1: that one I'm not sure about. I know he didn't like start at all. I don't really think. Yeah,
0: I looked at it was his second year they got rid of him. Because remember draft. he had that terrible rookie year, and then they drafted yeah, Murray the really next bad. season in
1: 2019. That's, that's such a and like Kyler Murray, like he's he's good at what he is, but is he really? I don't think he's a top ten guy, Kyler Murray, at least right, right. now.
0: Yeah, he's definitely shown flashes of being that, but this has been a big time disappointing year for them. But, mm-hmm. but yeah, I think there are some similarities there, in, in the sense that you know usually you want to be patient with your young quarterbacks but um sometimes these guys come around where they just look so you know lost out there to where it's like <laughs> you're dragging everyone down and you can't afford to you know sit through the growing pains when uh because the quarterback is a position that affects so much like it's your receivers your offensive line position, your run yeah. game it's the position and everyone on offense is revolving around that so if they're struggling it hurts the development of everyone else and it's there's only so much you can deal with you know, in terms of the growing pains. And I think he's Zach Wilson has been below that threshold of what they could deal with, especially as a team that's trying to compete for a playoff spot. So, um, you know, the talent with him is obvious. We've seen it, it was, it was on his BYU tape, and we've seen flashes in the league, but just but the consistency this year in this year in terms of reading the field and just being confident in his reads and uh the some of the turnover worthy balls he's thrown. He only has five picks, but he should have more than that. Uh <laughs> triple it. Triple it, I think, would probably be more accurate. Maybe double. Because he had at least two against the Pats in that last game that were dropped. And then mm-hmm. one against the Broncos that was dropped. That's just three off the top of my head. But either way, um, I think when when you look at some of the film that he's had this year, it's like guys are open and this offense should be moving, and he just doesn't have the confidence to hit hit anyone right now so i think it was the right move to make the switch and we'll see what happens because if mike white continues playing at this level then it's like you throw pedigree out the window and this is your guy but you know if eventually he does cave in and it's like you know mike white isn't the guy then maybe you do (laughs) turn back to zach but it's a very interesting and awkward
1: kind of situation i think mike white is just the future for the new york jets i hope so Maybe, so. maybe like maybe like one game a season, just for one game, middle of the season, throw Mike White out there as a little curveball. Uh, yeah, that, that's we'll get, his role. Yeah, especially just, in the all the black game uniforms, year,
0: Bengals last year and
1: Own then Bears this
0: year, B team from a C you, city.
1: If you, you just you do not want to face Mike White Sunday 1 p.m. in the months of November or December when the Jets are in all black in net life, it's, especially if you're an orange team,
0: Bengals. Bears look out. If the Broncos come to MetLife next year, just forfeit the game.
1: Well, it's got to be like the Kenver Broncos to continue the or the Senator Broncos to continue Do we have any other C
0: C cities in the league? Chicago, Cleveland. Cleveland. Cleveland, Cleveland, Cleveland yeah. There we go. The Browns. The Browns come oh to Oh, no.
1: That. The Browns better not be playing at MetLife next year. It's they better all... not. They already is lost it... to
0: Flacco at home this year. So
1: now I had a Mike really? White
0: loss next year.
1: Jet, the Jets and backed up QBs. Um, but the Jets, I feel like they're more of an interesting interesting talk than the Eagles because, uh, you know, it's just like when when a team is firing on all cylinders, there's not a whole lot of nitpicking you could do. Like I said, the special teams really hasn't been good. Um, and maybe just Jonathan Gannon not dialing up a ton of blitzes. Like, I'd love to see um, some linebacker blitzes, maybe some DB blitzes. Um and it just doesn't happen. Uh One guy that I need to give some, some love to is TJ Edwards, who I talked about last week. He's, he had another phenomenal game. He is, he might just be top 10 at his position, maybe top eight, even higher. Uh, another undrafted player. Where are these guys coming from? How are they going undrafted? I mean, really he just, he doesn't have the speed that, you know, teams covet for whatever reason. If you don't run a four or five at linebacker, you're just, booted down to the sixth round which doesn't yeah. make sense because if you could play football you could play football and he's been a leader on this defense for the past three years and has really just elevated his game to insane levels this season
0: i mean overall how's that eagles draft class look i know it was one of the top graded draft classes i think from everyone... uh, from
1: which year are you talking about the hurts year?
0: on um, specifically this one i'm talking about the rookie class um how do you think that class has looked overall
1: do you count aj brown into that one I think that counts,
0: yeah. That definitely counts.
1: Yeah, the AJ Brown, Jordan Davis. Um I think like AJ Brown alone play. is probably better than a lot of really draft hard. classes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh because Cam Jurgens is a backup center, so he doesn't really play. Uh, like I said, N'Kobe Dean, mostly special teams. Um, he might get his playing time next year, hopefully. And then Kyron Johnson, who's a pass rusher out of Kansas. I think he's just um on the practice squad. So Jordan Davis, AJ Brown to Kobe Dean. Uh that's Cam Jurgens when Jason Kelsey ever retires. Hopefully not, but when that day eventually will come, um, he should be in the Hall of Fame, Jason Kelsey. He's terrific at what he does. Uh, but Cam Jurgens in the preseason looked really good, really athletic. Basically, Jason Kelsey clone, a little more undersized, not as strong and powerful, but he could really just get to the next level. So I'm excited about him. Jordan Davis um should most likely be activated off of IR uh this week uh, against Tennessee a team you really need to stop the run against because if you don't uh Derek Kennedy might just run for about 300 himself um but Jordan Davis coming back Fletcher Cox has had a nice sack yesterday he's been rejuvenated so the draft class itself including AJ Brown's been really good Jordan Davis has been a stud they just uh the two guys N'Kobe Dean and Cam Jurgens. um Probably play more next year. Um, but it's been a very terrific draft class so far for the Eagles.
0: Yeah, and looking at the Jets draft class, I mean, it, it's been talked about a lot, but um, you know, it continues to be a really good class. And obviously, Brees Hall is not going to play again this season. But even outside of him, just Sauce Gardner continues to make big plays each week. Um, he d- he did give up one catch to Chase Claypool in this game, uh, where he also had a PI on it. But that's the only catch he gave up in the whole game. And on the previous drive, he had shut down a fade to Claypool in the end zone for a potential touchdown. Uh, and then after that, he was barely even targeted.
1: So, uh, giving up a second round pick for Chase Claypool.
0: Yeah, that one's looking Probably shady the for, for the Bears. Maybe, a, the maybe a
1: third. Movie. I don't know about a second, though. Third, yeah, Claypool, Claypool definitely has
0: been kind of disappointing, I would say. There are flashes, but not a lot of consistency. Um, then Jermaine Johnson continues to be. A uh, good run defender. He had a big uh, third and one stop on a quarterback sneak in this game. Um, they're still kind of waiting for the consistency of the pass rush to come with him in terms of just getting a lot of pressure winning on a frequent basis. But
1: he doesn't start, does he?
0: No, he's like the second string. he will play like probably 30 to 40% of the snaps. Mm-hmm. Um, so he gets in there, but he's not a starter. Um, so, but he's had some sacks this year, some flash plays, uh, and then the run defense has been pretty good. So uh, he, he's been a good role player, and hopefully he could build off of that and become more of a you know starting caliber player in the future. That's always
1: one of my favorite things just about football in general is watching these young guys in the draft classes, especially in the preseason, that you just sit there and watch one guy so heavily. Yeah. Um, and you just love when they come on the field. Like when Jordan Davis on the field, like I just watch him just bull rush. Yeah centers back about five yards and it's just like it's just how do you let how do you block someone that's six six like three forty runs a four seven forty yeah (laughs) that's freakish
0: yeah that's a lot of fun because like you think about the football calendar and like how much of it is just that time where you're you know sitting at home just trying to scout players and do research and all that And like how small a portion of the year is actually playing games. So when you think about, Mm -hmm. you know, the three months of the beginning, three, four months, beginning of the year, scouting all these guys, ranking them, watching their film, looking at their stats or all this stuff. And then to finally see them,
1: Justin Jefferson,
0: all those wide receiver debates are so much fun every year, especially that year. Uh, And then you (laughs) finally see them on the field. Like, you know, that's why we were watching all that. This like making these big plays, it's yep. the reason we watch all his films, like, because you're trying to project can they do that on Sundays when it matters to make those big plays that can change a franchise? And speaking of that, there's actually this um this play that Jermaine Johnson made against the Bills in that win a couple weeks ago where was it a chase I, down of Josh Allen? Yeah, the chase down of Josh Allen, mm-hmm. where Josh Allen breaks the pocket and Johnson chases him down and, uh, you know, was able to bring him down for the sack, you know, pull him down by his legs. And there was a clip from the pre-draft process where, was it joe um, douglas i saw that i think i forget if it was douglas or if it was aaron i think it was aaron whitecott the defensive line coach one of them um but they were saying like that they're projecting that exact moment Big they're like thing. you know if josh allen breaks the pocket this guy's going to be able to chase him down and did just that. he did exactly that so it's it's cool to see that all that entire process just come into play
1: when it matters especially like with young players it, it feels like for these past couple of years, these rookie receivers just come into the league and just dominate. Yeah. I don't know how. Like, you got guys like Jamar Chase, Devontae Smith, Garrett Wilson's been doing it with the Jets, T Higgins, Cincinnati's got a crazy wide receiver in out there. Um, CD Lamb. It's just, I mean, Justin Jefferson might just be the best receiver in football. They just come in and instant, not even an impact, but just instant superstar
0: level players yeah i mean maybe it's just more of like the kind of gradual merge of like the college and nfl games you know maybe they're just you know receivers are a little more ready for the league considering you know teams are kind of adapting offenses to match college a little bit more could be an aspect of that um but yeah the offense the young offensive superstars that we've seen come in have just been so impressive recently at the skill positions
1: yeah, it's the the receivers. Uh, it's another good uh, receiver class this year, and it's an excellent running back class, and it's also a really good quarterback class. So, this I think this draft class uh, this year is going to be better than the one from last year. You got guys like poor Bryce Young. He's probably going to go to the Texans. He's going to have no weapons out there, so it'll be interesting to see how he'll do about that one. And then C.J. Stroud didn't look too good against Michigan. Um, But Caleb Williams, who's not in this draft class, will be in the next one, looks exactly like a Patrick Mahomes clone. It's insane to watch. And whatever team, maybe the Jets, if they just have some random slump, they'll be able to get a shot at him. Um, But these quarterbacks that are coming in, um, it's almost like if you're just not a quarterback that's mobile with a big arm, you're just not going to succeed in the NFL. Or even just mobile in general. Like a guy like Jalen Hurts that does – that's not the most perfect passer in the world, but it's definitely taking steps. He could kill you just with his legs, and you got to count for that. And that opens up a ton more in the in the offense itself. And so I feel like, do you agree that if you're a quarterback, if you're drafting a quarterback in this league, you need him to at least have the threat of being able to run?
0: Yeah, it's interesting because you know, the more that these guys kind of come into the league with this mobility and running ability, the more it becomes kind of the standard than a bonus, because there are so many guys who are capable of doing it. Um, But at the same time, you know, talking to a Jets man right here and I'm watching Mike White, a guy who never runs the football and he's (laughs) out here just running the show from the pocket. So I think there's still a place for both kinds of quarterbacks in the league. I mean, Tom Brady's still out here doing his thing, granted not to the same level, but even the past few years we've seen him, continue to play his style of football and be successful with it even in the modern league. So I think there's still a place for both styles of football, but I think it's definitely becoming much more commonplace to see that kind of mobility and just creation outside the pocket, improvisation, all that stuff.
1: Like you don't even need to be the fastest guy, just be able to create a couple seconds in the pocket because it seems like a lot of offenses, at least the Eagles run a ton of RPOs, RPRs. Um, that just keep the defense on our toes, and if that court like, Hertz had like a hundred one hundred three rushing yards in the first half alone, uh, last night, and you just think about it, and had as a defense, sure you try and, all right, we got to contain this guy, don't let him break the pocket, but sometimes just pure athleticism and raw talent will just take over that, and once that happens and you can't stop it, it, it like the Eagles put up forty points, it it's you basically can't stop it.
0: Yeah, I mean, like you said, it just adds a different element. And watching Jalen Hurts has been so fun this season because, you know, just from afar as an outside observer, because, you know, he's put it together in the way that you, you project these type of quarterbacks to put together with the yeah. dual threat kind of ability, you know, because he's taken he, a giant leap. Yeah, hugely. Just he's as dangerous as they come with his legs. But, you know, he's still able to come out here and throw 17 touchdowns. Three picks, which is a crazy ratio to this point. One of those season. wasn't even
1: bounced off of uh, Kenny Gainwell's hand on a screen. One of those wasn't even his fault. Yes, I mean, take the, it off. That's not a that's, the idea. Fix the a, interception stats.
0: The idea of a quarterback throwing three picks in a, in eleven games is completely foreign to me.
1: <laughs> I just yeah, had to do
0: that in one game that I went to a couple weeks ago. It,
1: <laughs> it's definitely new, but I think the run game is a quarterback's best friend, and I think the Eagles have demonstrated um a winning formula and for the past years that i could remember they've always had a terrific offensive line but if you could just run the ball just pound the rock i mean you got Hertz for one 157 miles sanders for 47 143 363 total as a team i think i saw a stat last night it said Hertz and sanders like the first uh, duo to go for like over 125 yards rushing as a quarterback and receiver since Kaepernick and Frank Gore. Um, But it's just, you game plan to stop the run game, and then you got guys like Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown that could win on the outside game. uh, And then you got Dallas Goddard. You game plan to stop the pass. You got the run game, and then you got Hurts himself running. Um, So I, not to toot the eagle's horn too much, but I think, Unless, like, against Washington, unless they beat themselves and really turn over the ball, which they haven't done this year a ton, if they don't turn the ball over, it's going to be really hard to stop this team.
0: Actually, quick side note here. I was just thinking about this when we were talking about the scouting earlier. Um, you know, just the scouting process and all that. It reminds me of, you know, when we were in high school and we were watching the combine during school. Yeah. Because we had, yeah, we had, um, what were they MacBooks they gave us during school? Yeah. So everyone had a MacBook, and so instead of doing whatever you're supposed to do, like reading something or we, something, we were
1: in the library to be like writing some English paper and yeah, write, writing some I English paper. And like,
0: I gotta see what Jack Conklin's
1: forty time is. <laughs> that's that more was, important than this. That's when I fell in love with Sidney Jones, and he was my guy. Then he tore his ACL, and yeah. still ended up going to the Eagles. He was my absolute lock for the Eagles to take in the first round. Tears his ACL, then he goes in the second round. So it still worked out. Uh, but that torn ACL, uh, that, that's one of the worst. is When a player gets injured at the pro yeah. day or at the combine, and they're just not themselves anymore. And it, it ruins their whole career.
0: No, yeah. I mean, like I just mentioned Jack Conklin. I specifically remember watching the <laughs> offensive line 40 times. I think that was 2015 or 2016. One of those two years. But I was like, this guy moves really well. I want the Jets to get him, protect Fitzpatrick. He's going to be our guy. Um, no, it's McConklin did it's turn the out to be
1: pretty good, so I guess I yep. kind of nailed that evaluation. That's that might be even more than like watching the games. That might be my favorite time of the year is the whole draft process, diving down into all these players from like Cooper Cup, what Eastern Michigan or something, yeah, Eastern, Washington, or Eastern yeah. Washington. Yeah, Eastern Washington. They're, they're just random schools of guys from all over the league, uh, against uh. The Jets, this beast, Darrington Evans, you know, App State's finest. Yep. <laughs> going crazy against the Jets. Um, yeah, he did just, a big they...
0: catch. It's funny that Darrington Evans showed up against the Jets this week because, you know, you're currently going to App State. I went there um, for a very brief time a few years ago. So we're both aware of him. He represents our kind of mutual school. We're all am <laughs> I'm, I'm a famous Mountaineers alum for my two months there. <laughs> My main memory of being there is watching Sam Darnold's debut against the Lions in my dorm room. And I remember he threw the pick six on his first pass. And I I had a box of Teddy Grahams, chocolate Teddy Grahams. It's great food, great snack food. Go get it if you don't eat it. Great nutrition. Great nutrition. And I just chucked it at my door when he threw that. And the rest of that game went really well. But I should have known at that point, I
1: guess. It's, It's just... Implemented in your brain, it's a it's a memory that you can't forget. You know, it reminds you of when the Eagles drafted Carson Wentz. He had a great debut, no picks through like two touchdown passes. Um, and it's, I think it's the first first view that you get of a player that really gets to make or break how their career goes out. Zach Wilson started off not well for the Jets, and now he's no. now he's quarterback two uh, behind Mike three. White. QB three right behind now. Joe yeah. Flacco. What am I saying? Eagles legend Joe Flacco. That is. Yeah, I mean,
0: what a fall! I like. I didn't expect this coming into this year. Definitely didn't expect this when he was drafted. But um, I mean, Mike White wasn't even a part of the plans at all when Zach Wilson was drafted. He, you know, he was with the team in 2019 and 20, but he never Western played. Kentucky, um, coming out Western Kentucky.
1: That was, that's a quarterback factory. Bailey Zappi is from Western Kentucky. Yeah, so uh, You got to find was... your quarterbacks from Western Kentucky. That's, that's the place to go.
0: Um, so, yeah, I mean, great week 12 here for both of the green flying teams in the
1: Northeast. They are trending up as we go into December here. Trending up. Big week um, next week. Titans so... week. And then you got Vikings week. Yeah, Titans. Big, te- big test for uh, Sauce Gardner. Yeah, huge test for him, like you said. Um the eagles
0: corners were able to come through against him and that eagles vikings game it's a big part of why they won so we'll see if sauce gardner can do the same thing and i'm sure we will be back to break down both of these games but big week 12 was a lot of fun watching these games and then coming back on here and breaking them down so we will talk to you guys again on the next episode